All right, we are live. This is McGlynn is in. Let the fun begin. This is the Commissioner Evaluation Podcast with my special guest, Nate Powell, today. And let's get this bad boy going. Nate, thanks for coming on today. I really appreciate you uh, spending some time with me and the uh, listeners. Uh, this is um, the Commissioner Evaluation Pod Show. Uh, this is me just doing what I love to do and talking to awesome fans, football minds uh, like yourself. And um, today, uh, I get to, I get you on here. I get uh, this is it. We're we're teammates in the league. We are uh, we're in the Scott Fishbowl live draft together in a different uh, league too. Where we're not we're not co-owners. We're actually opponents. And uh, hopefully, in the future, we'll be in a couple more leagues or a couple more places uh, together. So uh, it's um, I really appreciate you coming on today. So tell me about yourself, where the Twitter machine can find you, and what uh, what you do in the fantasy football community. Yeah, so my name is Nathan Powell. Uh, I've been in the fantasy industry for about 10 years now. Um, I've done a lot of different writing in different places, primarily over the last you know five or six years that's been at DLF. I, I primarily do a, a Debbie stock market article during the season for, for DLF. And I've had the nice Tradecast um, on Road of His Radio for about the last four or five years. Tradecast itself has been around for about seven years. So yeah, I've been around the fantasy community for a long time, and uh, I've you know loved doing it. My my biggest passion is my commissioner stuff. I uh, commission probably ten or twelve leagues. Most of them have very unique rules that you know mostly you don't see other places. So I like to talk commission stuff, and I like to talk you know interesting league rules stuff like that. So it seems like this is uh, my cup of tea on this from the commission uh, for the podcast standpoint. <laughs> tell me, uh, tell me about a day in the life of Nate Powell. Uh, besides fantasy football, what's going on in your life? What do you do? What's uh, yep. what's what do you, do you start off in the morning? Get off? You take your fuzzy bunny slippers on, and kind of how does the day go from there? So I am a board certified behavior analyst. So I work with uh, individuals with autism um, using applied behavior analysis. So uh, basically, I work with kids with autism. Um, you know, work on their behaviors, their their life skills, different things like that. So yeah, basically, at, almost as far away from you know dynasty fantasy balls you can get the day job is uh, you know applied behavior analysis. Yeah, Although I will uh, say, I will say, I do use some of the behavior tactics when I'm doing trade negotiations. Like oh, I, like I'm going to reinforce this this habit. I'm going to you know punish that behavior. You know, oh, there there are some you know behavior modification that I do within my league mates. It's a necessity, I believe, uh, when you're doing your this. I, I literally, I, I went about seven hours last night doing one trade, uh, trying to get a trade done. I was actually trying to import Antonio Gibson, believe it or not, uh, for a second round pick and some stuff, you know. Uh, you know, it's, it, And then I get home from work and there was a trade for DK Metcalf for a late 2023 20, first. And I'm like, how did I spend seven hours trying to trade a, a early second for Antonio Gibson? And this guy got DK Metcalf for a first in five minutes. Like, it just, I don't know how this, I don't know. It, sometimes it baffles yeah. you, but you know what, what things go on. But uh, when did you start playing fantasy football and are you more of a dynasty or a redraft guy? Uh, so I start, I started playing fantasy football probably like 2004, 2005. More so I was like, kind of like co-owning with my dad. My, my dad owned the team. But, like, I would basically be telling my dad, hey, like, you're an idiot for not starting Tony Gonzalez in the flex. Or, you know, I, I would give him tips like that. And he would sometimes listen to them. And he still hasn't won the league in 20 years. Um, so, but I started, probably started playing on my own, like, 2000. Oh, wait. When was the year that, that Brady went crazy? Um, because I think it was a couple years after that. So, yeah, probably 2006 um, was probably when I first started. My, my, my first fantasy pick was uh, Sean Alexander. And it was the year after he went crazy. Uh, so yeah, I think that was about 2006. Was when Sean Alexander had his bust year. That was a that was a fun thing to, to go through. Yeah, there's a, a guy in our fantasy football league. I remember that year when Sean Alexander had a good year because the guy showed up with a, a, a newspaper or a magazine that was a year old. Like he got it from his house and it was from the year, previous year. So he drafted Emmett Smith after he retired. He drafted all this other stuff and. Because his team was so bad, he was able to hit the waiver wire every week. Sean, who got hurt? Sean Alexander got got that starting role because I think it was Chris Warren or something like that got, went down, and uh, 
So he got Sean Alexander one week, and then his team was still bad. So then he got Kurt Warner. He got this thing. Like one by one, every week he had waiver priority, and that's when yeah. we that's when we realized there's got to be a better way than this waiver priority shit. Like uh-huh. I'm glad, I'm so glad Fab's around now to stop that kind of stuff. But uh-huh. every like five weeks in a row, this guy got lucky on the waiver wire, and he actually won the championship that year from a terrible, terrible team. So believe it, you can start off 0 and 4, 0 and 5, and still win. But yeah, to actually to answer the original question, redraft versus dynasty. I really only play in two redraft leagues, my, my home redraft league and Scott Fishbowl. And outside of that, everything else is dynasty. Most of it is dynasty that I commission. The rest of it's dynasty that Ryan McDowell commissions pretty much. And then hopefully next year, dynasty that John McGlynn commissions. Yeah, you're in there, buddy. You're, whether you like it or not, you're roped in there. So <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, I, I, I was always a redraft guy. I was kind of like that, you know, that, oh, dynasty, it's terrible. There's no way I'm going down that rabbit hole. And one by one, my league started converting. And now <clears> – <throat> I, I like having 12 teams, at least 30, 35 man rosters. So I like big, deep rosters, you know, that kind of stuff. That's not, I mean, some people play in 14 or 16 leagues with 30 rounds, or I finally got my first campus can't league this year. So it, it's expanding, but I have like f- this fishbowl and a couple other ones. I got one more draft tomorrow. It's a 10 team, 15 round league with a kick on a defense. It's like, I, what do you even play that for? It's like a horse race. You know, everybody's going to have it. You know, everybody's going to have their, it's almost like everybody's going to have a, a a great two great running backs, three great two great receivers, yeah. a, a great tight end, and you can't miss. It's like mm-hmm. it's all you're depending on injuries or a bad week or bye weeks, you know, kind of falling in the wrong spot. It's uh, it's I, I just redraft has kind of gone the wayside for me for sure. Minus just meeting up and have a good time with friends who are you know novices who just like to get together, have some beers, and you know pretend like they're in a real fantasy football league. Mm-hmm. So uh, what's your uh? On Sunday afternoon, when you're sitting around watching the red zone, what do you, uh, what do you, what do you eat? What do you, what's your favorite food? Uh, uh, I'm pretty, pretty basic when it, when it comes to the food stuff. Pizza and wings is really usually the go to. Like, if I get crazy, maybe like a taco salad type thing. But yeah, the, the, those are mean. The, the, the typical when I'm the, my favorite calories to consume during football are beer more so than anything else. What's your favorite beer? Um, I, I, I dabble in a lot of different craft stuffs, but I, I, Stouts and porters are usually my go-to. Yeah, I remember you uh, saying that that you had um, you like the the porters and all that. You know, I I'm a I like Blue Moon. I like uh, Guinness. I like the dark beers, like dark, like thick stuff. It's almost like you have to chew on it to, to drink it. But <laughs> those are my favorites. I feel yeah, full. Not 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 the Miller Light behind you. No, well, you know that's uh, <laughs> I'm drinking Coors Light right now too. That's uh, my wife's the Coors Miller Light. I do get sometimes, but. Uh, it's too expensive. It's the amount of beer I drink or we drink around here. It's not a, uh, I couldn't afford to drink a uh, high life or I uh, not high life. Uh, blue moon and stuff all the time. Yeah, sure. I I'm, I'm more of a Jameson and ginger ale kind of guy. Most of the time. Anyway, it's, uh, it's, I think it's Jameson and diet ginger ale is a little bit easier than on, on my, uh, my budget and my calorie intake than I think than 25 Coors lights on a Saturday after Sunday afternoon. So yeah. I'll, uh, I'll stick with that, I guess, going on, going in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite hobby now? What was it before you started playing fantasy football? Is it, is it always fantasy uh, football or did you used to do something back in the day? No, I mean, my, my hobbies have always revolved around football. Like, and that's kind of like the, the complicated thing is that, you know, when I was a young adult, 18 to 20, 18 to 22 years old, like I was trying to turn my hobbies into my full-time job. Like, I, for, for those who have been following me on Twitter for nine, 10 years, I used to do like play by play of high school football games for the Tampa Bay times in, in, in Tampa St. Pete. Um, you know, basically, you know, writing, doing game write-ups. And then it would be like, whenever there was a score, I would have to tweet it out. Um, and uh, famously uh, one of the schools in Tampa is called strawberry crest. And just all, all of dynasty Twitter would love when I, I tweeted strawberry crest. They'd be like toothpaste, 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 you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, my, most of my hobbies have always revolved around, around football um, or beer, because <laughs> uh, I, I do consider, you know, trying all the different types of craft beers, like a quote-unquote hobby of mine. Um, but yeah, for, for the most part, um, my hobby is is also quote-unquote part-time job of, of fantasy football slash, you know, just watching football. Do you make your own beer once in a while, or you just... You, you I know? So I, I had a kit, one of those, like, um, you know, create your own IPA <laughs> yeah. kits. Um, it was fine, like, the, the beer tasted fine, but... It, it was just too much work and waiting for my taste. Like if I, if I wanted to do that, I would, I've, I'm sure, you know, Chris Allen, Chris Allen brews his own beer, but he does, he doesn't do kits. He does like the real at home brewing thing. And like, I don't have the time or brain cells to, to invest in that. But if I were to, I would want to be more like Chris, less like the, the target, the target, create your own IPA kit. <laughs> 
Yeah, I got uh, Steve Thanos makes his own brews. He's actually won a bunch of awards for his stuff, German beers and dark beers mm-hmm. and IPAs and stuff like that. It's definitely a process, though. It's uh, I don't have the patience for that. I better just go to Middle Light, go to uh, Walgreens or, or yeah. Benny's and grab what I like, you know. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, kind of a deep question here. You get a, you get one chance to spend two minutes with an eighteen year old eighteen year old self, yourself, on your high school graduation day. What would you say to yourself? You got two minutes to talk to yourself. Uh, I, fun, funnily enough, I would say spend less time on fantasy football, <laughs> I, and not not even because it's a bad. Like I, I, I think that at this point in my life, I spend spend a normal enough amount of time on fantasy football for myself. But and this is kind of maybe like a, a bummer situation here, but like I spent so much time trying to make fantasy football a career that there was there has definitely been moments where I've been like, screw fantasy football, it's the worst. Like it, I've it's you know rob me of this opportunity that I wanted to have a full time yet. I, I was, I, I've passed that point, you know, five, six years ago, but there were times where I was like bitter that like, Oh, all these other people are getting full-time jobs in fantasy and I'm not. And you know, those guys, people were very talented. I don't, I don't hold anything against them, but I, there was like frustration with fantasy football during that time. And like, if, if I had like, if I told my 18 year old self, Hey, like don't count on this fantasy ball thing, I might not have like, expend as much unnecessary energy towards it, which, you know, that, maybe I'm being a bummer here. <laughs> no, not at all. That's I, I think everybody goes through that when you get, I mean, you start out playing a game, you know, you get a neighborhood league or a family league or something like that. And you, you win once or twice. And you think you're good. And you join a bigger league and you win that one. And then you get a bigger league and you start playing on, you know, with people on Twitter and analyst leagues and you maybe win with one or two of those. Then you're like, I could do this. You start writing, you start doing stuff and then you put tons of work into it. But it's just such there's so many people trying to make it in this industry. It's it's almost impossible to, uh, you know, to, to, unless you're grinding 24, 7, 365. It's 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 it, I'm, and I'm too lazy to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm too. I like I like I like life. I like my family. I like going out. I like doing like, you know, family trips and all that other shit like that. So there's no way I could ever. I, I realized that a long time ago after a year or so or seeing, you know, seeing like Mike Taglier or, or even like Nick Script now seeing these guys just all day long putting out you know, TikToks and content and rankings and all this other stuff all day long. And, you know, you got to be super organized. You have to be super on top of stuff. You have to have a lot of free time. And, and even then it's, you know, there's, there's a hundred thousand people like that that never get noticed. So it is what it is. So. Yeah. I, I think that it's all about perspective. Like if you enter the fantasy sphere expecting a full-time job, then a, you're probably never, never getting a full-time job and B you're going to be bitter about it. If you enter a baseball sphere as, Hey, this is a hobby. Hey, this is a part-time job. Those different things you're a lot more likely to, you know, have an enjoyable experience as a fantasy analyst, as someone, as part of the community, if, if getting a full-time job is not your end goal necessarily. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't work for anybody. I just like once every third, once every Tuesday, I get, I get to jump on Nick's, Nick Scripps YouTube channel and I steal his stream yard for, for, for free. Mm-hmm. And I go on here and I yap to people about stuff I like, and my, this is my hobby and you don't get paid for it. This is hundred percent free. And I realized a long time ago that if I just make this fun, instead of a real or try to make it a real job, I'll enjoy it more. And I, and I do that. If I don't, if I go two weeks without a show, Oh, well, I went two weeks without a show. If I go three weeks without a show, Oh, well, I went three weeks without a show. Like nobody's pounding on my door saying, where's your content or you're not getting paid this month or we're finding somebody who's, who's doing more stuff than you. It doesn't work that way. I just have a good time. So yeah. it's uh, it works out nice, but all right. So this was a, uh, we're going to step into off season review here. Some things that happened in the off season that maybe some people forgot about or people that just kind of climbed out of a rabbit hole and uh, didn't know what happened. Uh, Kyler Murray got a new deal. Uh, it was, it had some incentives in there for, uh, not playing Xbox and, uh, paying attention to film study, which was quickly taken out. It was kind of a PR nightmare. Um, Calvin Ridley got suspended for gambling. So he's out the whole year. And if you have him on your, don't draft him. If you didn't, if you already had your drafts and you drafted him too bad, but, uh, you probably wasn't in your rankings anyway, unless you had a magazine from, you know, the summertime from April, uh, Baker Mayfield's out. Uh, Deshaun Watson's in. That's uh, a thing now in case, but don't draft Deshaun Watson. He's uh, in redraft anyway. He's out for the first 11 games. Probably won't even uh, pan out the next couple games. He's been off for a couple years, so I would uh, just kind of leave him alone this year and redraft. Dynasty, i definitely trade for him. He's so young, man. He's a great quarterback, and uh, he's got a lot of – bring a lot of upside to your team. Devontae Adams says peace out to Aaron Rodgers, hits the Raiders. Uh, in case you didn't know, he's still – he does not wear the green and gold anymore. He is – in, he's in Vegas. Uh, Tyreek Tyreek Tua, Miami. Uh, he's got a Tua's got a couple new weapons in there in in Miami, and Tyreek is one of them. Uh, the team's shaping up to set Tua up for success, but 
it's really up to him right now whether that uh, that comes to fruition. Russell Wilson to Denver. Uh, they, I think they waited like a day after John Elway left, and then Russ came to town and said uh, they just signed him to a long extension too. He's the thing. It's a shame that they had to go for so many years with those, those craptastic quarterbacks to finally just bring somebody in to, to right the ship there. But um, And then Brady screwed over tons of dynasty owners. If you had a dynasty team and Brady retired, you dropped him or – you know, traded him away for a fifth round pick to somebody who just wanted his head room in the bench. And next thing you know, he came back and uh, did pretty well. Or he's going to do pretty well again. So uh, it's it was a kind of a anything else in the offseason you remember that that besides those topics that kind of push your buttons a little bit or that was notable. No, I think those are probably the big the big ones. You know, obviously the, the incoming rookie wide receiver class, a lot of gems there. Most of them have played at Ohio State sometime in their lifetime, um, but. Yeah, no, I mean, that's uh, Zach Wilson hunted some MILFs. Um, I don't know if you heard about that. Uh, yeah. and, and then he heard himself, and hopefully he's back and we won. His mom's girlfriend or his mom's friend or something like that. Yeah, the MILF hunter. I mean, he 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 rocked that. Everybody's wearing shirts about him being the MILF hunter and this, you know, all kind of stuff. He, he was – some people would be embarrassed about it or this and that. I mean, he, he almost like uh, – franchise the whole situation but uh, it was nice seeing the teammates come in and support him and they, it brought a lot of camaraderie to that uh that 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 uh uh locker room so uh other current events we're gonna go team by team here and then uh feel free to interrupt me and tell me anything else about each team we'll hopefully we'll get done in about two minutes here mm-hmm. the bears the chicago bears how far will Del- darnell mooney rise this year in dynasty rankings or will he not will he not be able to handle the pressure of, an, of a wide receiver one season what do you think about mooney I, I think Mooney's fine. I, I, I think that people who expect him to be some sort of like top 15, top 20 dynasty wide receiver are probably stretching it a bit. I don't see him as an NFL wide receiver one. I see him as a very good NFL wide receiver two stuck on a team that has no wide receiver one. And the problem is that on top of all of that, he has a quarterback in Justin Fields who hasn't proved himself as a passer yet. So I am a little bit sour on Mooney, um, but more so because I think that we're extrapolating his ceiling a little bit right now. And I think that He's much more closer to, to his median range of outcomes than he is a ceiling. Yeah, I think uh, that I think this is a great thing for Darnell Mooney to be stuck in the wide receiver one situation and just you know get through this season. And when they bring in other better receivers than him, and he's the wide receiver two on this team, or maybe even a wide receiver wide receiver three on this team, he, he'll have so much experience uh, with you know with, with his quarterback. Well, hopefully, his quarterback. Who knows what's going to happen in the future with uh, Justin Fields? But for him to come in with more talent around him in the future, I think this is this year that's getting beat up every year as a wide, as the wide receiver one on the Bears. I think it's a really good thing for him. So, I mean, is Amir Smith reset really a no. thing on this team, or is no? no? Not at all. I love him, but a lot of people don't. So it is, <laughs> I was hoping you'd say yes, but <laughs> he's not. <laughs> uh, the Bengals. Joe is Joe Burrow's going to be okay after having his uh, appendicitis. He lost some weight, but he should be fine. T. Higgins had shoulder surgery. Uh, he should be back. He's back at practice, so no Bengals concerns this year. Any, anything else about Burrow I didn't know? They didn't hear? Or no, no. I, I, I think that the underrated storyline is I think, think that if you're looking for a very cheap tight end that you can you can roll out almost every week, it's Hayden Hurst. I think that he he's going to be a very solid option for, like, you know, 16-team leagues in redraft, or if you're really bargain hunting in Dynasty, I think that Hayden Hurst is a really solid option. Is Yes, there's a lot of weapons there, but, you know, the – Pretty much all of those weapons have extremely high touchdown upside, especially Hayden Hurst. I passed up Hayden Hurst yesterday in a trade to get Daniel Bellinger. I don't know if that was a good move or not, but it was. Uh, I mean, I don't, think, I don't think it matters in the grand scheme of things. But if if you needed a tight end this year, I would have definitely preferred Hurst. Yeah, well, that's a long term thing. I got Gasecki. I traded away, to, uh, you know, a couple other guys, but that's a long story about my bad fantasy decisions. So. Uh, Bills, Isaiah McKenzie looks like he's a go for week one. Jameson Crowder's waiting in the, to fill the spot if, if something happens. But Isaiah McKenzie, where do you think he's going to be this year? Uh, is he third or fourth option on his team? Yeah, I, I think that he's clearly the fourth option. I, I, I see Crowder, he's the veteran, he's the slot guy. I, McKenzie might have a little bit more speed, might might see him a little bit more on the punt return. But I, I think that Crowder is going to end up cementing himself as that wide receiver to me in that offense. I mean, Heck, I think there's even a decent chance Crowder ends up out targeting uh, Gabriel Davis. Call that a hot take if you want. Um, that's a nice take. Um, but yeah, that's my take. Is I mean, I'm not like totally in on Crowder, but I'm, I'm more so. I think that people who are in on Davis should be more aware of Crowder. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Sticking with the bees, we got the Broncos. Is Javante Williams a top five running back this year? No. Um, 
because Melvin Gordon came back. If Melvin Gordon didn't come back and we still have the Russell Wilson, then I think it's a legitimate possibility. But I, I still think that his his weekly his weekly ceiling is capped by the existence of Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's going to get five, six, seven carries a game, and that's going to prevent you know Javante from getting that twenty carry for one sixty and two touchdown type game. And the vulturing the touchdowns is a big pain in the butt too. Yep. So, uh, Browns, how good is David Bell? I like David Bell. I think he's very solid. Uh, th- this wide receiver core is wide open. I am, you know, not so quietly a huge Anthony Schwartz fan. I think that his speed is ridiculous, and that speed yes. plus Desha- that speed plus Deshaun Watson later in the season is going to be electric. And I'm going to regret cutting Schwartz on a couple teams where that have shallower rosters. Um, but I, what I will say is that after Amari Cooper, this is a very wide open wide receiver core between Peoples Jones, David Bell, and Anthony Schwartz, and. I think that David Bell probably is the most likely of the three to, you know, come out on top. But you could tell me any of those three ends up being the wide receiver two, and I would not be shocked. Absolutely. I myself also, as an Anthony Schwartz fan, so yeah, there's a lot of people in that fan club. Buccaneers, Chris Godwin is not a lock for week one. Uh, Who's the beneficiary if he does not play? Russell Gage with his, you know, he had a hammy issue, but he's back in practice now. Or Julio Jones, who I think is going to take the Rob Gronkowski role in this, uh, this offense. The, the beneficiary is the guy, and this is the way that fantasy Twitter really saw it until until the Julio Jones signing. Mike Evans was going in like the late first or early second of redraft leagues before the Julio Jones signing, and before the Chris Godwin reports that, that he was getting healthy. Um, so I, I think the biggest beneficiary of the of the Chris Godwin, you know, anytime he misses is going to be Mike Evans. Mike Evans with Chris Godwin might get get you like nine, ten targets a game. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans without Chris Godwin is going to get like 13 or 14 targets. And that's a, that's a nice little bump for him. He's such a boom. Mike Evans is such a boomer bus guy. He, sometimes he drives you nuts because he'll get like three catches for seven yards one game and then seven, nine catches for 180 yards and four touchdowns. And it's like, this is crap. And I, I, <laughs> and I start him in the wrong weeks when, you know, on the shell. I mean, it, it, if you have, if your roster is shallow enough to be benching Mike Evans, it's too shallow. <laughs> it's Yeah. Uh, Cardinals, uh, when is Eno Benjamin taking over this backfield? He's not. <laughs> what? <laughs> Get out of here. What are you talking about? Eno Benjamin's not taking over a backfield. <laughs> R- Rondell Moore is going to take over the backfield before Eno Benjamin is. Yeah, he's back at practice also, Rondell Moore, and, um, he's on track to start this week, and, uh, Ertz is having some cash, calf issues, so, uh, watch the tight end position on there for the waiver wire this yeah, week. Yeah, but I, I, can't go. one thing I will say is be wary of, if Ertz misses time, don't just slot Trey McBride in. Trey McBride is a very raw prospect. He's not going to be, you know, putting up any big numbers. That if if Ertz is out, that's just going to get targets moved to Hollywood Brown and Rondo Moore. Right. Exactamundo. Uh, let's see the Chargers. How many touchdowns will Eckler have this year? Four. Four rushing, four receiving. Total four. Uh, we'll, we'll go four rushing and two receiving. And then yeah, he's like, in for a humongous. Like, Six vultures for for Spiller. I like Spiller, and for some reason, like he's just falling down ranks and falling down ranks, and I'm trying to suck him up everywhere, but nobody's really letting him let go. I mean, granted, it is a fourth round draft capital, so it's hard to be too optimistic. But I do think that Spiller is among the list of guys who we overthought and guys that were like, "Wait, why weren't we acquiring him in every league?" Like, I think there's a good chance we're like, "Wow, we should we should have been taking him a lot earlier." But yeah, I mean, he was the running back one at some point in time in dynasty rankings, you know, and then uh, he just fell down and almost died as far as value is concerned. And uh, now he's buried. And this, I mean, I couldn't think of a more perfect opportunity for, I mean, he's the youngest running back in his class. Couldn't think of a more perfect opportunity to uh, start accumulating shares of him. So mm-hmm. uh, Chiefs, who ends up scoring the most receiving yards this year, uh, Juju, Sky Moore or MVS? I'll go, I'll go Juju has the most receiving yards. I'll go MVS has the most yards per catch. And I'll go Sky Moore has the most promise. <laughs> most promise. All right. I'll take that. I got. I have Juju and Sky Moore in about 90% of my league. So I, I'm going to find out who really wins that slot spot and then uh, just trade the other guy away. <laughs> uh, Colts, uh, Colts, is Mo, like, is Mo Alley Cox for real this year? No. No. He's getting a lot of buzz as the, uh, you know, the well, kind of the same situation in Baltimore. Like he's the, the you know, the, the third receiver kind of thing or second receiver kind of thing. But I don't really see it. Commanders yeah, I mean, will. I, I, just to wrap up the Colts real quick. I don't understand the Colts offense. 
a lot of people are high on on Michael Pittman. I I really have no interest in anything in that offense outside of Taylor. Yeah, I get it, you. I get it. I get it. I get it. Commanders, will Gibson stop fumbling and keep this job over Robinson when Robinson comes back? See, I it's so ambiguous when Robinson comes back. I think that people assuming he's going to be back in three, four, five weeks, whatever. I think that's a weird assumption to have. Um, so I, I think that get, I think that I'm, I'm as a person who has Brandon Robinson is one of my most rostered fantasy players. And as that being the case, I am not assuming any sort of production in 2022. So I'm actually also a big fan of Gibson at this time, because I think that Robinson was his number, number one, you know, obstacle and that obstacle I, I think is mostly gone this year nice nice that's uh i don't i don't you know i don't like to see anybody getting shot or anything like that but it, it couldn't happen good, it's a good, good stance to have john good stance don't know no one getting shot he got shot in the butt and he got shot in the leg and it completely missed everything in his leg i mean that's i mean talk about i for a young kid to have the had that situation happen to him but walk out of it with just some bumps and bruises and the, you know some cuts and a, you know a, a little bit, a little bit of a wound, but nothing, no muscles, no tendons, no bone, no no damage. How do you get shot in the leg and not not hit anything? I mean, that's amazing. Good for him. I know it's gonna be. They're gonna take their time to recover because they got you know they got some options to go with. But that's uh, I, I I'm so happy. I hate hearing about stuff like that where kids get car accidents or you know some kind of stupid off the field stuff and they lose their careers over it. But he dodged a bullet and out of no fault of his own. He shouldn't have been, you know, that's a terrible situation to be in, but I'm happy for him. Uh, Cowboys, who's the number two? Uh, is it Jalen Tolbert, Noah Brown, Semi Fogo, uh, Gallup? Uh, hey, hey, John, uh, who did Oh, Semi's dra- gone. Oh, I don't even, I don't even know who Semi Fogo is. Um, John, who did we draft in like the seventh round of that, uh, of that draft with Silva? I'm pretty sure we took Tolbert. No, no, Dalton who? Schultz. That's who I receiver two. Dalton oh. Schultz. <laughs> I'm in like 19 leagues. I forgot who I drafted in that one. <laughs> Dalton Schultz is the wide receiver two, but I don't think it even matters. I think Lamb is just going to get a bajillion targets. I hope so. That's that's great. But okay, wide receiver three. I wish I, I should say. Yeah, it, 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 it's Tolbert for the lack of. There's not much else out there. Um, but I I don't think anything is fantasy relevant past Zeke Lamb and and uh, Schultz. Yeah. Right. No, I get it. Um, Dolpha, Dolphins, can Tua feed the fish here? Is uh, he going to be able to sustain this job? I'm counting on it. <laughs> I have plenty of Tua, plenty of plenty of Waddle, plenty of Tyreek. Uh, I'm heavily invested in this Dolphins offense, plenty of Chase Edmonds as well. Um, so my dynasty fate is resting in the hands of Tua Tagovailoa. I can't say I'm super confident about it, but I'm hopeful. You know, he was one of the, you know, just two years ago, he was like one of the best prospects we've ever seen. Then he has the hip injury and he just really hasn't been the same since. But is that because he's just been slow, slowly developing the NFL? Is it the injury? What is it? Um, so I'm currently putting my my chess pe- or my uh, poker chips on Tua finally, you know, getting healthy, finally getting the NFL right, and capitalizing on one of the league's best, you know, rep weapon rep and repertoires. Yeah, I got Tua, Zach Wilson, and uh, uh, Sunshine in like probably five or seven leagues. Trevor Lawrence and I and I'm like, man, if he's if none of these guys pan out in the next year or so, I'm I'm in big trouble because I trade a lot to get all three of them. And if they don't, uh, it's it's a terrible. Sometimes in Dynasty, you have these awesome visions. You see your team in three years, like just completely. You know, you, who would have thought that Justin Fields would come from Ohio State and get stuck in a Bears team with no talent around him and, and be where he's at right now, <clears throat> or that Trevor would be on the, the Jaguars with all the crap that happened last year. So. <clears throat> I just uh, I feel bad for this, but I'm I'm rooting for two of myself as a Dolphins fan. Uh, Jalen Waddle's back at practice now; he should be good for Week One. Eagles Trey Sermon is going to save the Eagles' backfield. Is that true or false? No. <laughs> Miles Sanders is still the best back there. Gainwell is solid as well. Trey Sermon is easily the RB three there. I love asking that question and listening to people's reactions because I think it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, Falcons Drake London's back at practice just in time for the season. Uh, not much else going on there. 49ers, how long will Lance keep his job? Is uh, this uh, it, what? Tell me your whole your thought on this situation. How long will Lance keep his job? You know they you know they traded three first round picks for like, Trey Lance. Three, uh, one, it, one, it happened. One, two, three. How, how many happens. times? How, no, no, hold on. How many times has a player been been traded for three first round picks and then gotten benched in their first year starting? Zero. Zero point zero zero zero. The Niners will be riding Trey Lance until the wheels fall off because they cannot afford 
to lose three first round picks on a player that does not work. What if the wheels fall off and they have to pull him out because he's so inaccurate? What the, happens the, if they get it doesn't, if they, it doesn't if they matter. fall behind? They 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 could they could go two and fourteen this year or two and fifteen this year. Trey Lance is going to be playing every single snap barring injury. Okay, that's what I wanted to hear. I wanted some, you know, that's I, I they they're also in a win now team and they have to win. They can't if they if they fall behind by two or three touchdowns and they, and Trey Lance is throwing four or five interceptions trying to play catch up because he's inaccurate and he can't throw the ball. He had six hundred yards and six starts last year. <laughs> I mean that's it. Six hundred yards and six starts. I mean yes he's got. Trey Lance had six starts last year. It's, yeah. Okay. So that's news to me. <laughs> six uh six hundred yards. So it's, that's not it's good. Pretty bad. <laughs> that's accurate. You know? It's not good. Um, let's see. Uh. Is uh, we already asked is Daniel Bellinger a sneaky star for the Giants? But uh, he did not ask that. But I, no, he's not. He is not. Um, Jaguars is James Robinson. Hold on, James hold, on hold on, hold on. They start the presses. Start the presses. Trey Lance started two games, not six. <laughs> Wait. Okay. So did he come in? Oh, how many total yes. yards did he have last year? He had six hundred three yards. He started two games. He played in six games. All right, so I, I said start instead of played. Averaging yes. 100 yards a game, though. Oh, yes, yes. Let's count the ones where he came in as a, as a wildcat quarterback. Well, we're not, we're not talking – yeah, we're not talking about days when – or things where he, he – uh, Jimmy G got hurt, like, really early in a couple games. They pulled him out after one series in the game, so he had almost full games. It wasn't like he okay. came in to do a kneel down at the very end. Okay. Whatever, let's we'll move on. Well, yeah. Um, James Robinson looks to have a role in week one with with uh, Travis Etienne. What do you think about that? Uh, I'm scared. I'm, I'm very scared. scared. I, I have a lot of Travis Etienne, and I, I still think that he's the far superior talent. He was first-round pick, yada, yada. But I do have a fear that James Robinson is going to eat into the workload a little bit, and then Etienne's not going to you know be able to reach his quote-unquote ceiling or, or whatever it would be. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that – what I'll say is this, that there could be a slight buying opportunity for ETN. I'm not going out and like capitalizing on that. Cause I am a little bit worried about the presence of James Robinson. I, I just, I think that a lot of people that just do spreadsheets see that he had so many receptions, ETN had so many receptions and a lot of those were in the backfield. Like they were short, short passes, just kind of dump off stuff. It wasn't like he'd ran tons of routes or, or had a lot of receiving prowess about him. So I think people overvaluate Travis Etienne a little bit. I'm I'm that guy that I think Travis Etienne's a little bit overrated, and I think Jane Rob Jane Robinson was underrated. So uh, that could be a mixture for a 50-50 split at least. In, you know that's in that backfield. So uh, Zach Wilson might start Week One. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because I Joe Flacco seems to be a pretty good uh, quarterback. At least I obviously Zach Wilson is the future. But if Joe Flacco is winning games right now, how long do you leave him in for? Okay, remember, remember when I said that Trey Lance cost three first-round picks? Yeah. Uh, Zach Wilson cost the second overall pick, which is almost as bad as three first-round picks. So um, I am 100% in favor of letting rookies fail, letting young quarterbacks fail, because for two reasons, they're going to fail. And the other reason being, if they fail, you got to find out. Like, putting in Joe Flacco does absolutely nothing for you. It doesn't give you any information on, is Zach Wilson the future? If you're the Jets, you absolutely have to know by the end of the season, is Zach Wilson your quarterback? Because if he's not, it's time to spend another f- a top five pick on a quarterback. Uh, you know, coaches have to win games, too. It's not just about, like, what they spent on picks or spent on players. A, a W is a W, you know, if you don't, if you don't make the no, playoffs. It, it, it is to an extent, but if you asked Robert Sala, do you want to go 5-12 and 12 and Zach Wilson to look really awesome or to go – you know, eight and nine and Joe Flacco start nine games, he's going to say, I'll take the Zach Wilson looks awesome with, with less wins. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Uh, Lions, James Williams might be out for a while. It seems like uh, he's, he's recovering well, but it, uh, they're not going to rush him back. And he, uh, he's a, they know what they got. He's a golden goose in the long run. So he will not be a, uh, you're not going to rush him on the field. Like a lot of these guys, the injuries yeah. in the off season, My- Packers, Romeo, Romeo, where out thou Romeo, um, Alan Lazard is uh, might not be playing the first week, maybe a couple weeks. And Christian Watson had a knee procedure. He's kind of back at practice right now. What do you think about the, the Packers uh, wide receiving core? 
Yeah, I, I've I've been burned by the day three wide receiver who makes flashes in camp one too many times to fall for the Romeo Dubs thing. So yeah, and Christian Watson looks to be able to be, be playing in week one. That's the expectation as as I see it now. Um, yeah. And so I get you know I I, I think again there was there was a late uh, you know August rookie draft that I was in that I think Watson went like one pick before before Dubs. I would take Watson overdues by at least the count of a second round pick on top. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you can take your, your offseason hype with dudes and I'll capitalize on Watson. It's not even, I, I, I'm afraid of Watson. I just think that he is, you know, he didn't do that well in, in a bad conference in a, in a, in a, in a, you know, what is he division two or division two? Sure. Like, I mean, that, that's a different conversation though. The second round draft yeah. kind of kills that. That's good for rankings, I guess, but that's, uh, I, he's just, I don't know. He's a, he's a deep ball target. I think he's a, he's a decoy. That's the way I see it. But um, Panthers, will Christian McCaffrey be a top five running back? If he's healthy, sure. That's a good, it's you cheater. Remind <laughs> <laughs> me Stevenson or, or Damian Harris. I'm team Damian Harris. Uh, I, I think that both are going to be fine. It's, I think it's going to be like a poor man's version of, of AJ Dillon and, and Aaron Jones. Is it okay? So, uh, Josh Jacobs or Samir White in uh, in Las Vegas. Josh Jacobs is not remotely close. <laughs> yes. What are we doing? What, what are we doing, people? Why is this even a question? I love to hear that. I mean, it's that's something that I believe too. And I get such. I go on Twitter and I say something about that, and I'm getting roasted. You know, it's it's hilarious that I'm, I'm glad you're on the same page with me. Uh, Rams is Matt Stafford's arm going to fall off before the end of the season? This elbow uh, situation. Probably not, but it might. Um, I, I I think that that. The one part of this that I think could be true is that I wouldn't be surprised if we see Akers and Henderson averaging like 28 to 32 carries total more so than like the 20 to 24. They were probably averaging, you know, this time or, you know, the Rams were running the ball less frequently last year. And I think they'll be running it more frequently, especially early on to try and preserve that arm. Because the last thing they need is like, okay, yes, he can throw right now. But what's that arm going to look like in January, February in the cold? Like, you know, you want to you want to avoid, you know, the arm falling off. So they might, you know, do some maintenance on that with some uh, some running early in the season. So you're telling me I'm going to see Kyron Williams this year is what you're really saying, right? Oh, I mean, if we want to talk about Kyron Williams, uh, Sean McVay has a man crush on Kyron Williams. Little another name guy. Yeah, so I'm all all the chips in. Like Kyron Williams, like. If Sean McVay likes him, it's going it's going to be a good thing for Kyron Williams. Yeah, buddy, keep talking. Um, all right, Ravens. Isaiah Likely uh, is he the third option for Lamar Jackson? No, he's not. <laughs> I'll take any of the bevy of, of wide receivers of Devin Duvernay or is James Prochet still there? Uh, Prochet. Um, yeah, there's other options for Baltimore. Uh, did you have any other wide receivers this year? They drafted uh, somebody. They have um. They let's try? see. Uh, they got Bateman, Duvernay, Prochet, Tyrell Wallace, and uh, oh, uh, Demarcus Robinson. They got it in the free agency. Okay, so yeah, they didn't they didn't draft anybody this year, but yeah, I mean, I once upon a time before the injury, I was a big Tyrell Wallace fan. Um, so that could work out, but I think that most most like most likely this ends up being a one-two of, of uh, Bateman and, and Andrews, and not much else after that. You know, plenty of the running game. There's some sexy receivers that have come in and out of Baltimore in the last couple of years. And I, it's, I don't know why people don't, the Sammy Watkins and this, and that, you know, it's, it's a shame that nobody kind of, I guess they have decent seasons or, you know, pretty good seasons, but it just seems like by the time they hit, it's already time to go kind of thing. Or they, 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 they get mad or they want to leave or whatever's going on there. Who knows? Uh, Saints. We have every show. We have to talk about Jameis Winston for a couple seconds anyway. Okay. So where does Jameis Winston fit this year in a six point passing touchdown league? QB sixteen. <gasps> that low? Is that low? I don't even know. <laughs> like the problem. The problem with Jameis is that there's no problems you, with Jameis. All right. First okay, of all, <laughs> okay. There's plenty of problems. With, I, I I spent you know five years as a, a rooter of Jameis, and there's plenty of problems with Jameis. I know he got his, his LASIK, and that's a good thing. Um, but the problem with Jameis is that in the NFL today, you either have to be like Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford level efficient, or you have to run the ball. James Winston is neither. Therefore, he's not going to be a top 12 quarterback. Mm, yeah, I get it. I get it. 
I hope sitting around for a year watching her, you know, what with that with that leg injury, hopefully uh, he learned something. You're kind of caught on a little bit. I'd like to see a much improved Jameis, but I'm skeptical, but still I'm I'm hopeful. Uh, Seahawks, how bad is this team? Is how long is Ken Walker out for? Uh, a week or the whole season, or what's going on here? I'm pretty sure Walker is scheduled to be back fairly soon, if not week one. Um, but I could be wrong on that. Um, but it is going to be a bad football team. Um, I, I did record. I did record the nice cast this morning with uh, Dan Sanio, and he did say, kind of as a take, kind of as a joke, that he thinks that Drew Locke is going to be the fantasy comeback player of the year because the the because the Seahawks are going to be throwing the ball so much, which has some validity to it. the The main validity is that the Seahawks have weapons: Metcalf, Lockett. Noah Fant, like Noah Fant is my big guy that if the Seahawks, if the Seahawks offense isn't awful, I think Noah Fant's going to be huge. If they are awful, I think Fant is going to be, you know, par for the course, what he's been, you know, 600 receiving yards, that type of player. Thoughts on the straight and redraft, Kamara or for Juju and Pittman. I, in redraft, you always take the, the one and a two for one, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Uh, even yeah, you're, it's a horse race. You're winning right now. It's not you know you're not gonna get you're gonna get way more. You're gonna bet on a pr- their production. Yes, exactly. Uh so let's see. Uh, Steelers. Kenny Pickett's creeping up the depth chart at uh, quarterback two over Rudolph. Um, behind Mitch for now. What do you? Uh, what's how long does Mitch keep this job for? It doesn't matter. I mean, I, I think that. I think that as soon as the Steelers realize they aren't a contender, which they aren't a contender, they, they should know that by now. Um, but if it, once we're at week seven, week eight, week nine, and they're like a, a three and six or a two and seven, that's when I think that we we see right. Our, let's let's see the future and Kenny Pickett. Tomlin's never had Tomlin's never had a losing season, but now with these odd years, what's going to happen when he goes? Uh nine and eight or, you know, instead of eight and eight, he's got a chance to have a losing season once it's with a bad team and, you know, a decent defense, but nothing crazy, terrible offensive line. We could see this first losing season on, not that I like Tomlin. So I'm, I'm not rooting for him to lose any more games, but uh, you know, it's uh it could happen. Texans, as we figured, Damian Pierce is listed as number one on the depth chart. Uh, what do you think about Damian Pierce? I liked him a lot. He was my number four running back coming out of college this year. So, um, he was number one or number two, number three, but I did like him. Uh, you know, in Jerome Ford, I liked was number my number five. But Pierce, I never expected to explode like this. But I think this is just kind of it, it's a little bit crazy to me right now. Rex Burkhead is my number one end of redraft, end of dynasty stash. I have him on basically every single dynasty team because I, I don't doubt Damian Pierce, but I definitely do, I do doubt that Damian Pierce is going to step in and be a 16, 18, 20 carry type guy. So Burkhead's going to get himself like 10 to 12 carries, six to eight targets. And that's going to put Rex Burkhead as like at a low end RB2 at minimum. You know, when you texted me on the way home from the draft, I left and you text me, we got Rex Burkhead. I'm like, oh man. And then I thought about it for a minute. I, he wasn't even an option to me until you said that. So I'm, I'm glad you kind of like, I should have put two and two together that he's going to get all the receiving work because they but also that back. and and that was even before they cut Marlon Mack when they cut Marlon right. Mack like people were like oh this is confidence and confidence in in Damian Pierce I'm like nope it's confidence in Rex Burkhead. <laughs> this is why you make the big bucks man because you make these decisions <laughs> and these these stuff like this. Thanks for being an awesome teammate man. Appreciate oh, yeah. it. <laughs> uh, the Titans. How bad is Traylon Burks? Everybody is this overreaction theater in the preseason oh. or is he? Oh, really he's, gonna be he's not bad at all. He's very good actually. I. <laughs> uh, I know. I, I you look at Twitter and everybody's saying, "Oh, he's so bad." He, you know, early on it was he can't breathe and he's out of shape and blah, 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 and it's pollen and allergies and everything else. And then and then he's missing balls and all this other stuff. But yeah, he's a uh, you know from the the stories of him stabbing pigs and you know with a, with a knife and hunting with his hands and you know for some reason people just don't like him. I don't know what it is, but. I, I'm I'm trying to get him everywhere, and uh, some people drafting one or two that are holding on to him, you know, in the first receiver, or second receiver off the board in a rookie draft, so they're not letting him go yet. But I'm trying to buy low, and it's just not happening. Vikings is Irv Smith for real this year? He, I mean, he's as for real as he's always been. He's going to be low end tight end one, high end tight end two. I'm not, not nothing too exciting. Yeah. All right, we made it. Uh, week one waiver wire targets. Uh, what do you got for quarterbacks for waiver wire? targets? Targets in week one. Uh, uh, Mariota. Davis Mariota. Mills is somebody. Davis Mills is someone I'm like. I think uh, most people are playing in one quarterback league. I think Superflex is uh, so good. Superflex in two quarterback leagues are so common to me that 
these aren't even questions that I even consider anymore. But uh, for two for one quarterback leagues, I think that Davis Mills is he's more than adequate for what's going on, especially in a redraft league. So you're saying Marcus Mariotti. I don't think Marcus Mariotti holds hold this job past the, the team's by. That's just me. But, I love, I but love in, re, in redraft one QB. It doesn't matter because when Mariota gets benched, then you can just pick up Desmond Ritter. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a waiver wire game at that point. But yeah, I mean, yeah. if I'm, if I'm taking Mariota, it's not for a long haul. It's like, okay, I'm a, it's a few spot starts when absolutely needed, but you shouldn't need to start Marcus Mariota unless like it's an 18 team league. You're not here for a long time. You're here for a good time, right? Oh, yeah. It's, all right, running back position. Uh, I got some – who do you got for waiver wire targets for uh, for week one for uh, – uh, Rex Burkhead. Running back. Avi. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and Kenyon Drake, if he's still there, he's fine. Um, I'm not overly excited about anything in the Ravens. Like, I'm not I'm not overly enthused with anything outside of, of Dobbs. I, I mean, Dobbins. I like Dobbins. He's good, and he's going to be the RB1 there. I think it's a mishmash of – hurt guys and guys who aren't that good behind Dobbins. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll take Kenyon Drake on a stab, but you know, nothing, nothing else behind that edge to me. Yeah. Kenyon Drake is somebody that I, I just think that maybe he might fall in, he luckily just might fall in opportunity. So that's, I got McKissick just for a PPR option. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco could be somebody that if you draft now and have enough room to stash on your roster, uh, I'm not sure how deep everybody's leagues are, but he could be somebody oh, here, that takes here's, over. Here's a question. Um, and yeah, I guess it's better not work because we're in the same league. Uh, what what kind of blind bid are you putting in on Pacheco in SFB? I did put up. Is it already uh, well, the waivers clear tomorrow? Right? Is that what? It, I, I, I I won't touch mine if you don't touch yours. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, I think I put mine at like thirty. I don't remember I put mine at, but I know it was it was a pretty significant number. But it's the thing is, I'm used to thousand dollar budgets, so the hundred dollar budget kind of threw me through a loop. So. Yeah. I'm probably I'm not I'm probably not as as much as you are so, um, but who knows? I, I'm probably not going to get them. I'm sure somebody's going to just empty their fab budget anyway. So people mm-hmm. going to put seventy bucks because some people hate fab. I got one guy in the league. Before, the first day fab opens, he'll just waste his entire fab on somebody. So he doesn't have to deal with waivers at all. I don't I, I don't get that, but different strokes for different folks, I guess. Uh, wide receivers. Who's a wide wide receiver targets a week one for uh, the waiver wire? Uh, week one waiver wire for wide receivers in redraft. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Um, I mean, I got Crowder- Dubs, Van Jefferson, Jameson Crowder, Noah Brown, guys like that that kind of uh, kind of fall off the wayside a little bit. Yeah, Crowder's decent. I, I think that there's a chance, like in shallower redraft leagues, like you look at the Traylon Burks we talked about, and you know he had his preseason struggles that he might get. I think Burks is much more likely a week two waiver wire target. It's like. Okay, I have to pick up the latest commodity, so I'm going to drop this, drop drop Burks, then Burks ends up being a commodity. So that's me saying, don't drop Burks if he if he has a quote unquote bad week one. I can't, I can't really. I, I mean, people redraft people do some crazy stuff, I guess, but I couldn't imagine drafting Burks or anybody like that. I mean, but in redraft, Burks was like a in redraft in August. Burks was like a 12, 13 round pick. 12, 13 round picks get dropped all the time. Ah. Uh. I guess it, it's such a different lens to it's it's like it's like putting on a, a, a telescope to look to read the paper, you know, kind of stuff. It's such a different lens to look at this kind of stuff with. But uh, uh, tight ends, uh, I have to mention Moelle Cox again, Isaiah Likely, Hayden Hurst. Uh, any other additions? Yeah, to Hurst Hurst would be a good one. Um, I do think that Kyle Rudolph has a has a shot at being, being you know to roll in open space as, as Robert Rakowski did, but there is certainly opportunity for red zone work with the Buccaneers, especially if, if Chris Godwin miss, misses time. Um, and then who else would it be? Um, Kyle Pitts, is he on your waiver one? Uh, he might be. Let me check. Uh, probably not though, but <laughs> uh, all right. So let's, I got a couple commissioner questions for you as long as you're here. Sure. So uh, yep, yep. nice. Are you a wave aware guy or do all your leagues are in fab now? I mean, it's, it's kind of a oh, yeah. question, but yeah, no, I, I've, I've, I've I I haven't ever played in a like a waiver wire thing except for like one redraft league like ten years ago. It's terrible. I, but some people love it. Some people say it's the fairest. Thing I, out no, there and... I don't think it's I don't think it's fair. But I do like it for the simplicity of you don't have to think. You just sit there and you put in you like okay these are the four guys that won the waiver wire one two three four and you set it that way. Like I do like. I, I, I wouldn't play in a league like that anymore, but I do like the simplicity of just not even have to think, okay, do I want $42 or $43? Like, that is such like a, a – I hate waivers as it is, 
and adding that decision into it does make it less appealing. It's even better when it's a thousand dollars. You lose like one hundred sixty-two dollars to one hundred sixty-four dollars, and you're like, "This is such bullshit!" Like it's it's absolutely awesome when I when you see the when it shows the bids on sleeper how who had uh, what, mm-hmm. and I people lose by like a dollar two on a two hundred hour bid. It's it, it, it's it's awesome. It's it's super cool. Is um, so if you're starting up a new if you're starting up a new dynasty league, what's the perfect roster size? Uh, starting the bench and uh, number of teams. So it really depends on you know what your dynasty league is, what you want it to be. I think that the the biggest thing that I look at as I've I've come I'm I'm finishing leagues that are now seven, eight, nine years old now, and what I'm learning is that the larger the roster size, the 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 larger the roster size, the much easier it is to create super teams. And super teams are generally bad for dynasty because like okay, like come on, John won for the third year in a row. Who gives a crap? Like so I. And, and as I create more dynasty leagues, I'm actually going to be making more of a concerted effort to try and uh, decrease those super teams. And I, while I do like to reward, um, you know, skill and all those different things, I, I do think that, you know, decreasing the roster size is necessary. So I think 24. 24 is where I'm at. Um, and if, if there's any sort of Debbie component, 24 with an unlimited Debbie taxi squad is really the, the way to go, in my opinion. Yeah, I like starting a league off uh, 12 teams, 25 rounds. With uh, you know, super flex, tight end premium. I like giving premiums to running backs for catching balls out of the backfield, just a little point two five premium, and then like a you know a half point or three quarter or even like a full point premium for tight ends, uh, catching the ball. So those are things I like to do. I like to start off with a twenty five man, and then year two expand, bring in the rookie drafts, expand the leagues to thirty, and then uh, at that point in time, talk about a taxi squad or anything else uh, in the future. But twelve teams, thirty man rosters is pretty pretty good. I think like 33, 34 is probably perfect in my eyes. Some people say thirty three, kind of, thirty four is perfect. That's yes. way too many roster spots. Not a chance. I, I, it's I, okay. It is better for the quote unquote skilled players, but for the bad players, they're going to get destroyed in that format. Uh, cream rises to the top sometimes, but I mean, you make the problem is for an active players who make trades and you know they. Every once in a while, you make some trades that you think are good for the future of your team, and they just collapse in your face. And you lost a lot of equity as far as draft draft picks or you know players that you gave up on early. And, you know, so the deeper rosters sometimes are awesome, but you lose a lot of uh, a lot. Also, I, I think thirty man rosters is probably good for everybody. Thirty three, thirty four is just my my kind of uh, my forte. So. Yeah, if you're going to be in my leagues next year, expect at least a 30 man. Holy roster. Well, it's, I mean, just expect super teams in year three, four, five, and it's going to be my super team. So, you know, deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'll take it. I, I like, not that you can, there's only one winner every year. That's, that's the thing of it. You know, it's, and all my leagues, all my home leagues, whoever wins these, the, the, the championship gets to pick the location for the next draft. So if you win three years in a row, it's, you can have it in your garage, up in your attic, uh, you know, the local bar or whatever, it's up to you. So that's, mm-hmm. that's one of the perks. Um, how do you deal with inactive owners, guys who don't respond to trades or in too many leagues and they don't give a shit about yours or, you know, it's uh, hard to get a hold of for, for that, for, uh, you know, paying or any, any, any stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the paying is a, is a no-go. Like, my biggest thing is that I do set a, a deadline and, like, I'm very communicative with my owners or managers. I So I'm, I'm very quick to roll over my league. Some people wait until, you know, MFL rollover in February or after the Super Bowl or whatever, whenever it is. But but if the season ends on January 4th, I want to be preparing for the, you know, the next season on January 8th. Like I want dispersal to start on January 9th. Like I'm very quick to, you know, clear out openings, add in, add in players, all those different things. So I need either managers to tell me, Hey, I'm going to pay like on February 4th. That's when I get my bonus. Yeah. You know, whatever it is. Like I, I, I don't just kick people out and say, Oh, if you can't pay today, then you're gone. But I, I, I do want them to say, hey, okay, I am paying on January 28th. I am paying on February 9th. Like, I'm flexible with, with that portion of it, but I do need the communi- communication part of it. As far as inactive owners during the season, there's not really a good way to deal with that. I, like, I'm not booting owners, really. Like, in, I, think this, I don't know if this is this question or, or part of one of the other questions. I have only, I've been commissioning for seven, eight years now, and... I have only booted one owner and it's because they called me a white supremacist. Uh, so <laughs> um, with no evidence or any sort of reasoning for it, other than just, Hey, 
uh, you're tanking and you're a white supremacist. I'm like, okay, bye. See you later. I'm not dealing with that. <laughs> that was my next question. How much how much grief do you take from somebody before you finally give them the boot? But you are only one person. I've I think I've gotten rid of two people, and uh, out of all the years I've I've been anything, and it's you know it is what it is. I, it's <laughs> they know who they are. They're, they don't probably watch the show anyway, but it is what it is. I I I think that when you're running these leagues, it's hard enough to get everybody. To, to I have a financial secretary to collect all my money. I, I you know I have someone that inputs stuff, uh, you know, or puts things on the computer, or makes shows, or you know stuff like that. I, I I try to distribute a lot of the work to a lot of people so I can focus on making sure the league runs right. Uh, so it's I don't I don't uh, I don't put up with too much stuff from anybody, but enough is enough sometimes, you know. Uh, all right, so every week we do a team evaluation. Real quick, we're going to run through this team. We're going to look at a team, evaluate it, look at its biggest needs, um, who are the guys you want to keep, who you want to trade away, you know, who just gets cut. You know, what would you trade to improve this team, and, and who would you send away to uh, make it better kind of things? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, like, what is a, if this is a rebuild or remodel, you have to kind of establish first. This is a 12-team Dynasty Superflex, PPR, tight end premium. It's 10 starters, quarterback, running back, running back, three wide receivers, tight end, two flexes, uh, super flex. So 10 starters, 20 bench spots, 30, 30 roster spots. It's pretty much a normal scoring with bonuses for long plays, similar to uh, most leagues that I'm in. It's a you know five-point touchdown, two interception, um, bonuses for 100-yard rushing receiving and 200-yard rushing receiving, you know, four- and six-point bonuses. Long touchdowns are probably like two points, something like, you know, that kind of stuff. So a handful of bonuses. This team has all of its rookie picks for going forward, uh, 23, 24, 25. So let me uh, pull this team up on the – let me share my team here. Share screen. All right, so this team has starting quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, uh, Deontay Johnson – uh, Mike Williams, Allen Robinson on the same team. Uh, David Njoku is a tight end. His flex players are Evan Kamara and Miles Sanders. Kirk Cousins is his backup quarterback. So his solid starting roster, uh, starting um, starting re- minus two guys in the same team, but a, a good uh, good options anyway. Uh, Matt Ryan, Tyler Heineke, uh, Huntley, Kellen Mond, who's pretty much got – he's out of the NFL now is what it seems like. Sam Howell, who – I like him a lot. Uh, Justin running backs, Justin Jackson, Naheem Hines. I think he's in for a pretty decent size year this year. Uh, Darrell Henderson, Hassan Haskins, uh, his uh, Mark Ingram. Uh, he might be done in the NFL. We'll see what happens. Uh, Jarvis Landry, Curtis Samuel, Russell Gage, Van Jefferson, uh, Nick Westbrook, Akine, Tyler Conklin is your tight ends. Adam Troutman, Josiah Degura, and Cade Otten. So, a little bit too uh, digest here, but what's players minus the starting? Well, I guess including the starting lineup. Where do you see this team as far as if this is in your league? Are they middle of the road? This team made the playoffs in the in the league last year, but it got like smoked in the first round, you know, or the second round anyway. You had a bye, and then it got smoked in the second round. So this is where they stand. They got a lot of league winners right now. A, kind of an aging roster and uh, some of the positions. What do you what do you think when you look at this roster? What 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 yeah. is what, in a 12-team league, I would project this to be like a, a two-seed or a three-seed, depending on the length of how long the, the league has been going. But my, my biggest critique of, of the team is how much is invested in the running back position and the lack of depth beyond the starting lineup. So I, I think that I would try and divest, uh, you know, Kamara or Henry or Eckler, one of those three, you know, both can can retrieve a decent package, whether it be wide receiver or tight end. Uh, I'd be looking to try and, you know, you know, divest some of the assets there to a create depth and b move some of the assets around to to the wide receiver position as well. Yeah, I, I joke around with this guy say he's got a redraft team because a lot of his guys are a little bit older than Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, I, Austin Eckler. The usage he got last year, he's not going to get that again. It's 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 almost uh, for sure. He doesn't want it. They don't want to give it to him. They want to spread the worth, uh, the wealth. Miles Sanders. I'm not sure how long his. I, you know, he's a great running back, but I just think that at some point in time. You know, teams move on. They bring in other options, as we already saw. And next year's draft, if if Sanders keeps having injuries, I think he's going to be supplanted anyway. So uh, having two wide receivers on the same team is usually – I don't I don't really like to do that, but he's got some talent. Wait, wait, which wide receivers are on the same team? 
Uh, he's oh, you know, never mind. He's got Allen Robinson and Mike Williams. So I was thinking about I was thinking about this Chargers and um, Rams. Never mind. I was thinking about something else. Uh, I don't know where my mind was at on that one. But uh, Russell Gage is. Uh, I have no idea why I thought Mike Williams and Robinson was on the team. I don't know why that flashed across me. But uh, Russell Gage, uh, I think he might in for, be in for a good role in the beginning of the season. But I, I, this is this is. Obviously, the last hurrah for Tom Brady, and uh, you know, I say when Godwin's at full strength in week three, week four, I think you know you might not even see a role for Russell Gage after that. Landry's kind of old; he's he might fit his offense pretty well, but not for long. Van Jefferson uh, is a solid player, but you know he really never really got a niche anywhere as far as that goes. Curtis Samuel, okay. I mean, he's got some depth at wide receiver; it's not bad. I, it's I, I feel like he needs to start getting a little bit younger in some positions pretty fast. Uh, his tight ends, his best tight end is the Devin and jo- or, uh, David and Joku. Uh, that's I, people are predicting him to have a breakout year. I'm not really sure how. Not, big of a not until week, tw- not until week twelve. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Adam Troutman is somebody that a lot of people like. I like him a lot. A lot of people kind of seem to think um, that he is going to have a uh, not a breakout year. Also, Degura, K. Dotton. I think K. Dotton was a thing when there was no tight ends in Tampa Bay. Then they loaded up with tight ends, so he's kind of irrelevant now for a couple years anyway. Uh, it's running backs. He does have some, it is top heavy, but you know, Naheem Hines is a good player. He's been a solid player for a while. Darrell Henderson. Uh, I think Darrell Henderson is underrated. I, I like him a lot and he's a free agent at the end of this year too. He can go somewhere. I mean, I know second contracts or whatever. These, these older players don't really get signed too long, but Henderson's always been like kind of a, a backup guy. So I think he's still got a lot of tread left on his tires. Uh, Son Haskins. I'm not sure what's going to happen with that train, you know, that's I think that, that ship has sailed his quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, Kirk cousins and Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson's going to get signed somewhere. If, if not with the Ravens, he's going somewhere, but he's probably going to stay with the Ravens. They'll make something happen. Uh, th- those are fi- Those are all solid fantasy uh, options. Matt Ryan for a one week fill in during bye weeks or two weeks for each of these guys. Bye weeks is a pretty good option. Sam Howell is, how do you feel about Sam Howell? I, I like him as a, as, as a stash primarily because Wentz is terrible. Um, and I like Sam Howell's mobility. You talked about earlier that it either has to be incredibly efficient or, or mobile, and Howell is efficient. How is uh, mobile? And so, yeah, I am as a draft capital guy. It, it's difficult to to back a fifth round quarterback, but I do. I'm perfectly fine having him. Like I talk about, you know, 24 roster spots being, you know, a, a good option because it requires you to cut people. Like he's the 24th guy in one of my 24 man roster weeks. Or I'm like. Oh, okay, I'm gonna hold this guy. He's fifth round pick, um, but it, it forces you to make that tougher decision. Like, are you gonna, you know, basically hold Howell on the on your roster until until you know he ever plays, which may not ever happen. Yeah, right, right. It's yeah, it could be a just a grenade sitting on your roster for years. Uh, I, I think he's definitely a win now. I, he's definitely a playoff team, minus, you know, barring any injury or anything like that. But I, I like this team. I like it a lot. It's it's with a little luck, it's definitely a championship team, but. I just feel like the end of the uh, the end of the line is coming pretty fast with some of these guys. If you you can't, I don't know how long you'll be able to trust Kamara and Derrick Henry for Austin Eckler. I think is just going to be a piece of a committee at this point in time going forward. Is Deontay Johnson? Do you think he's what everybody makes him out to be? Are you are you overhyped on Deontay Johnson? Underhyped? I'm kind so, of undersold on him. So so I I have always been a heavy fader of Deontay Johnson mm-hmm. because of the the drops, the efficiency, yada yada yada, but. I've kind of done a little bit of a, not 180 per se, but maybe like a 120. Like I'm, I'm getting close to flipping on him because it, it seems like the narrative is going, like is not adjusting to how well he's played. Yes. He's had some, some drops and things like that, but he has been like, in terms of like a per target stats and and things like that, he's been incredibly efficient. And so I, I think that, you know, you have to start buying in on like, he's been very good with a poor quarterback and so if you're saying, oh, you know, he has Mitch Trisky, he has Kenny Pickett, who stinks, like that's fine. But guess what? He's had Roethlisberger and he's been surviving with that as it is. So I'm not worried about Johnson at all. Like we, we drafted him in the fourth round of that, uh, the Evan Silva League. And uh, I think that was a solid value. Maybe, no, it was third round. He took him the third and, and then A-Rob on the, on the turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, uh, I like this team. I like it a lot. Uh, it's it's definitely a win now team, but like you said, I, I would I would just hold off until I found out where my team is going this year. I would hold off, and then at that at some point in time, 
I would uh, then pull the rug out on my team when I started losing a little bit and it starts selling off these assets. But I, I think I'm always that person who's in win now until I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, and he's still in win. He's still in win now right now. So go down with the ship. If you can get it to get to the championship, he's right. In, this team is a definitely a playoff team. And uh, I would, uh, I, I just, if there's a couple injuries that happen, he will be, he'll be able to sell some of these guys low. Like if Derrick Henry has another foot injury, I'm not sure we're going to get for, for Derrick Henry at his age and, and his, when he, if the injuries start, you know, compiling. So uh, Kamara, again, he's been used so much, you know, and then who knows what's going to happen with a suspension next year, possibly, you know, and I think he, I think he avoided that bullet this year, with getting the court cases pulled back, but um, you know, who knows, who knows, who knows? I, uh, I would, I would hold off. I, I, like I said, I would just, I would grab the strings on this team and, and they're the, the reins and hold on until I couldn't hold on anymore. And then, and then go from there, but he's got a lot of, he's got all his draft picks. So he can send some guys away with picks to, to, uh, to, um, uh, you know, improve places. But I think he should be importing second, you know, late first, early seconds for a lot of these guys towards the end of the season, trading, trading older players in season is the way to go. That's, that's what you got to do when they have big games or when, you know, when you have this vision of my team's not going to make it, or I can see myself getting out of playoffs. It, that's when you got to go and trade for we have draft lotteries in our leagues it's uh you have it's like a basketball lottery you have 40 uh, balls for first place 25 for second place and try and trade some of these good players for you know teams that are uh, you know the win win now that might already have somebody else's pick from a few you know from last year's trade or something like that that's kind of what i would do you know look for the, try and cherry pick draft picks from play from yeah. people um but uh other than that anything else about this team yeah, that's it yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for uh, coming on today. I appreciate it. Um, kind of uh, see yourself out. Tell everybody uh, where they can find you at. All the all the good stuff that goes with uh, with Nate Powell. Yep. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at npowellff. You can find me my Debbie series weekly, the Debbie Stock Market on DLF Football, and you can find uh, my podcast Rotoviz Radio, Fantasy <laughs> Cast on Rotoviz Radio. Uh, with my my co-host Dan Sanyo, we've been doing it a long time. We have lots of fun. We talk stats, talk metrics, and we talk trades. So uh, if you're into those things, uh, head over to the next trade cast. Thank you very much. All right, everybody, thanks for joining on the uh, thanks for viewing the community 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 commissioner evaluation podcast. It'll be on Apple uh, Apple and Stitcher and all that other stuff tomorrow morning. So on the way to work, you can listen to this awesome show. And uh, once again, thanks for listening and uh, have a good night. <laughs>